Hello, Sorensen Sound. I am doing this episode on the woo-woo or woo tendencies that I've mentioned in a few, a few times past, <laughs> and so I thought I might as well just do a dive into kind of what spirituality means to me and the points that touch it and my relationships with them. I see the points that touch it because I did a draft of this where I just kind of freestyled to see what would come up, and I spent a lot more time talking about religion than I thought I was, or would, sorry. <laughs> and so now I'm just going to start with it. Um, so I was baptized as Lutheran, but my mom and I, which is my whole nuclear family, um, like I, we didn't really practice anything. But with that said, like my lifelong best friend, like his mom's, my mom, we're just siblings like that's simply how we are um he is half filipino half irish so like very catholic family about this point he's he's not religious at all uh he grew up going to ccd and so like i every week would help him study for sunday school and that kind of thing and while he was in class i would go to church with um his mom our mom whatever um (laughs) And I, like, loved it. I thought it was so fun and so cool because I I very much did feel like a guest, but I felt so... It, it was a great time. And I really loved how beautiful... They went to a truly, like, beautiful setting church. It's the same one from um, Home Alone. But... Which is, which is the fun fact. <laughs> it was the pride of all the kids there kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I just always really enjoyed it. And there was one time where I was like, yeah, this is probably, like, my favorite activity every week. And his family loved that. And I didn't even know what I had said. I was just like, oh, like, this is a cool, like, I like this building. It's sick. And there's a big yard in front, so I didn't know what wasn't to like. Um, or, like, understand the implications, because I wasn't someone that personally had to, like, I, I wasn't so doused in it. I wasn't truly a part of the community at all. Um... But with that said, like, being from Chicago, I didn't realize how biased I was in terms of, like, knowing what religions were out there as a kid, because it's a very Irish city, it's very Mexican, it's very Polish, and there are a lot of Filipino people too, so those are all, like, very Catholic um, cultures. And so I just always thought that, I was like, oh, Catholicism is surely, like, the biggest religion. Because I did also have a lot of friends that were Muslim, um, or, like, even, or I think it's Orthodox Christian, because there's a lot of Greek people. Um, But I didn't realize that, like, Christianity was even a big thing, because the only friends that I had that were Christian were Korean. And, I like, it's not as big of a group in Chicago as any other, like, religion, so I just didn't realize that that was how skewed my view was of, like, oh, like, this must be the most major religion, and that probably wasn't until, like, high school when I properly studied religions, because that's when I found out that I am ethnically Jewish. I just had, like, no idea, because I'm Sephardic Jew, um, because my Nana's family is from Italy. And when they came to the United States in, like, I don't know, like, mid-early-ish 1900s, like, the 30s, maybe, um, they still weren't considered white. And so we, like, my family, my nana's dad was just like, you're not, 
um, Italian, you're American kind of thing. Like, no Italian spoke in the house. And so, like, definitely, <laughs> definitely weren't even going to let anyone know that we were Jewish. Not even, like, in the family, because that certainly is even less acceptable than being Italian uh, to, to Americans. Uh, so I was just like, oh, like, I don't even know what that really entails. And that's when I really, as much as I, like, knew from my friends, because uh, also at the time, one of my best friends was Muslim, but she was Bosnian. And so I could just, like, I had access to, like, just asking my friends about their experiences with their religion. But I didn't really have any Jewish friends because a lot of the Jewish communities in Chicago um, are Orthodox Jew. And that's why I, like, <laughs> specified Orthodox Christian for the Greeks. Um, but, yeah, so they're, like, very enclosed communities, so I just, like, didn't have a great understanding at all and that's when I really took the time to like read about the different religions understand like everyone's like cortex the structure like major influences and historical figures and just wanted to be like a bit generally educated and I didn't even realize until probably later in high school uh, when my mom and I visited her alma mater it's called Valparaiso or Valpo in Indiana um for some college reunion thing and she told me she took me to the church and she was like oh I used to work here and do whatever and I was like what <laughs> like I just had no idea um and it turned out that she had minored in theology and I was like we're not like I was a little confused I was like we're not really religious so why would she do that even though I knew that I think Valpo's a, I think it's Jude no what is it <laughs> I don't know it's a religious school I don't know what kind of religious school so I was like, I, I think it was one of those where it was like required to go to church, um, but I didn't know why that would mean that she minored in it. And she was like, oh, like I just the whole time would just like kept being drawn to these classes because I thought in any religion, it was just beautiful, like the kind of ritual that surrounds it. And I think that's exactly what had drawn me to my best friend's church when I was a kid. I was like, oh, like it's just a beautiful space and everyone seems like so connected and drawn in this way. Um, and that was something my mom really admired and she just wanted to like know more about. She just wanted to be able to understand and see as much as she could of all these religions. And I was like, oh, like that's a really cool perspective. And I think that's part of, in my own way, why I love ideas of routine and how you can kind of like take a concept of any idea that you have, whether it be about God or something spiritual, or it could just be like, this is my goal. And every day I want to be reminded of this goal I have. And how you can kind of distill it into an act like praying or going to church or doing any form of worship. And how you could have just everything in your life in a way is a form of worship. And that's part of why I find routines so important and so beautiful because it's kind of what you pay homage to in your everyday life. Um, and I think also part of the reason that I was so drawn to religion in my childhood um, is that I just wasn't I'm still a fairly anxious person even though I have like my tools and it's not doesn't control my life at all anymore it did a lot as a kid but again because I always felt like kind of an outsider all I really knew how to do was mimic what I saw rather than really integrate it even though there is still just like any limited capability as a kid so until I was probably 12 like whenever I was anxious I would just pray like obsessively like, at night, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm so worried about all of these people. Like, what if this happens? And I would just pray that it wouldn't happen kind of thing. And I was like, okay, 
I did my best. I'm going to go to sleep now. Because <laughs> it was either that or I literally just would not sleep. Um, but then over the years, like, especially realizing that I was Jewish and that there was all this other stuff, I was like, oh. I, like, I, on some level, I kind of always thought that I was like, I feel like everyone's just praying to the same God because there's a, mono, a lot of monotheistic like most major religions are monotheistic is what I'm trying to say so it's like oh maybe it's just like like with food where as I detailed like most proteins <laughs> most like grains are similar and it's just like slight different processes based because of different like other ingredients like that come from different geographies and so maybe that same kind of thing um, can be attributed to why people practice uh, worshipping differently and how they came to these same conclusions differently or how this like singular expression of an entity could evolve you know and I was like oh so maybe everyone's getting at the same thing but um, by that point I was like I'm just gonna call myself an atheist because <laughs> I was like I have I, I was always kind of also very logical which felt at odds with my mimicry and that's also why I never felt quite satisfied. I know that this like backtracks in some ways, but it, it, it is just a confusing thing because you're so unindated with so much literature without even <laughs> realizing it. And people are, and you just like grow up being like, oh, this stuff was based on this like story in the Bible or this story in this type, like, and it's like, oh, like that's crazy. Um, so it is like a little, and it's just confusing. So let me be a little confusing. And I apologize for not being the most straightforward. Um, but I do think that's also... I meant to introduce it this way. But nothing I say is going to be like revolutionary here. This is just truly like me trying to express how I relate to spirituality. Which is a big part of my life. Um, and kind of what spirituality even means to me. So I was just always like anxious. And I... like thought it was beautiful so I was like okay maybe I can do this thing and it did make me feel better um a bit but I was still like because I was such like a logical little kid and I was like I can't see this thing and I'm still like kids like you kind of need to see it the object permanence it's kind of you know it's like it's here object permanence is a real thing but I've never even seen this to start with um so I was like okay what are we gonna what are we gonna do about this and um, and so I kind of I it's difficult so that's eventually why I got really into like psychology a little bit of philosophy metaphysics and why I just like to study religion as like but kind of with the disciplinary approach and that's where like the philosophy of like different religions I could kind of distill into something that I felt was a bit more tangible and um yeah because I'd always been interested in how religion was grounded into objects but similarly how psychology could be like grounded into a more like an approach that's more related to neuroscience where it's like oh they're like this part of the brain brain does this thing this is why we have like these different functions blah 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 very (laughs) dumbest explanation i've ever given but at the same time they also have like the dsm where it's like oh these like very intangible concepts of thought 
are how we navigate the world in this way. And I was like, oh, like, that's intangible. Like, thoughts are intangible, you know? Just like God. And I was like, so these things, uh, probably, like, similar processes. And so, kind of just want to understand what's going on. And eventually, somewhere in high school, I found and became obsessed with Carl Jung. Um, Still love that man. (laughs) Still love the MBTI. Uh, clearly. But I will say, I think the MBTI is like astrology. I think all personality tests, I think Enneagram, I think everything like that is exactly like astrology, which I'll do a little hot take section at the end, and that, that'll be a part of it. Um, but he has this like idea of the collective unconscious. Um, if you're familiar, I could probably just spend hours talking about his work in general. So I won't do that, but if you're interested, you can look it up for yourself. But I kind of eventually came to ascribe that for people's concepts of God. And Jung also has his own thing of like, oh, when you're a child, your parents are God. When you get a little bit older, uh, God is God. <laughs> and then when you're even slightly older, you're God. When you realize you have like complete autonomy kind of thing. Um, and then when you get older, like theoretically getting older some people stop at any given stage some people literally never get past the parents are god stage i'm looking at you fucking freud um i hate that i hate that man um clearly but then you get to the collective sub or unconscious subconscious different thing um but that's something that uh, that's where i kind of like oh like at each of those steps, like, your God is still valid as God, and that's still, like, the best word that we could have for, for it. Um, it's been a while since I've actually looked at, like, any of Jung's, like, te- core texts, so I don't want to... What a, a weird laugh from me. Um, but it's been a while since I looked at any of his core texts, so I don't want to, like, miss... I don't want to falsely ascribe certain names. Um very clear concepts even though they've taken on certain shapes in my mind that I could whatever um so I still just call it like God even though he does have other names for that kind of spirit movement of the soul spirit thing in the collective unconscious but I think my most solid example of a time where I like felt that I suppose was probably like this time last year I was in Hyde Park I was just on a little walk and um, I was thinking about the fact that, like, with every step, like, I mean, there's friction whenever you take a step, so energy is released, there's always a transfer, because energy is only ever recycled, not created, or destroyed, blah, 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 and I was like, oh, and, like, different energy, different frequencies, crazy, um, I'll talk about crystals later, don't worry, <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, like, everyone here in this park, like, everyone, we're all communing with the earth with the ground with our steps and effectively we're all exchanging this energy with one another literally just through like movement which is really cool really fun thought and just the kind of feeling that gave me I was like oh like if I just like think there's that is it the Shel Silverstein poem where it's like about thinking wonderful things then you'll like bloom oh I kind of want to find that now um but anyway I was like oh if I just think lovely things, then, um, maybe everyone else will feel that, and why can't I put that feeling out there into the world, and if nothing else, I just felt such an immense sense of community from that, um, 
that it was kind of beautiful. It was wonderful. And I've just felt so much more comfortable in public spaces, especially as someone who for so long just had a very, was just so anxious, so afraid of like the world and then like doing things wrong and just wanting to connect that I was like, oh, like we're all just so innately connected in ways that we can't even fathom that it was just deeply comforting to be like literally just walking (laughs) in the same place as someone you could be so grounded and uh, so tethered. But I'm looking up the poem properly now. Okay, I found it. Shell Silver Saint kind of fire forever. Um, oh, hello. Oh, it's if a person has ugly thoughts, it begins to show on the face. And when the person has ugly thoughts every day, every week, every year, the face gets uglier and uglier until it gets so ugly you can hardly bear to look at it. A person who has good thoughts cannot ever be ugly. You can have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth. But if you have good thoughts, it will shine out of your face like sunbeams, and you will always look lovely. That last line is what I was trying to get at. Because that's so beautiful. I'm going to read the last part one more time. You have good, if you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams, and you will always look lovely. And I think that's like a very true thing, and that's why it can be unsettling when someone is like an externally... like You can tell when someone's intentions aren't in the right place, and you can just like trust a feeling of like that sunny energy you know just the way people can radiate light up and I think that's why so many people love it when they can hear someone get excited about a topic that they really care about because you know that that's when they are just coming from a place of like pure like positive output pure connection if nothing else and yeah so I didn't plan to talk about that, but I love that quote, <laughs> that, that little poem guy. So, yeah. And I think also, just to backtrack slightly, part of my division with my thoughts on religion, um, as well as they're just being like kind of confusing because so many people around me practice so many different things and everything like that. But even within my own family, like my grandma or my dad on my dad's side, um, she, her father was Jehovah's Witness, and it was it took a big toll on the family. Um, so she was just always very adamant about having no one after her be religious kind of thing, because she was like, the practice of it was just like kind of, or the way in which he did went about it, just destroyed their home life. And on the other hand, my Nana on my mom's side, the Italian one, wasn't allowed to be Jewish. <laughs> um, she's Catholic, but she like practices at home. She's like, oh, it's like a, it's a to her, it's a very personal thing, and she loves history. I feel like I might have mentioned this, but she loves specifically like British history, Greek history, Turkish, Chinese history, like those four specifically, but mainly British history. And clearly, there's lots to unpack with religion in the UK. <laughs> um, and regardless of like which path you follow there's just a lot of like corruption in the church and so to her she was like I believe that this is like from her point of view it's important to cultivate a relationship with God but she just didn't really want any intervention from someone else because it's like oh it's like to her her kind of meant it's like it's between me and God like that like that whole thing and so I was like okay but like I completely understand both sides of their approach. And I was like, oh, like in either, like with my Nana's case, I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And at the same time, I never wanted to be like, invalidate my grandma's like suffering almost. Even though that's like about a presentation of a connection rather than the connection itself. But how could it? So I I just, I really understood 
her point of view on either side. Um, but yeah, so I've just never had the most, like, formal <laughs> introductions. And I think in a way, being a bit of an outsider is what ha- has allowed me to not latch on. Because so many people do have, like, religious trauma in one form or another. And the thing with religious trauma is, like, it's pretty much never about your connection with the spirit, whatever that means to you. It'll just be about, impl- it'll just be, like, an effect of how a greater system translates that for you. And, yeah, like, there, there's the idea of, like, Catholic guilt and everything like that. Um, which is really interesting for, in terms of, like, studying of sociology and all of that fun stuff. But, anyway, I digress. I'm not wrapping that up cleanly. That little sidestep back, it was simply because I missed a bullet point. Um, And to me, at some point in time, it was important to write that bullet point, so I'm holding true to me. But anyway, I thought that if I could ground it in either, like, studying religious objects, and that's what I did by, like, looking at text, studying as much as I could, or going further into psychology and metaphysics, that I could, in any case, like, if I could ground it, then I could better understand all these, like, gaps and experience and everything. But the thing that I just always come back to is that it's a very, it's kind of weird, because it's a very personal relationship. Like, you have to access something to feel it. Like, just practicing, just going through the motions of any given religion doesn't make you religious necessarily I mean like it can mean you participate in religion but that doesn't mean that you have any kind of real spiritual life at all um there was this um I forget what it's called but there's this matchmaking show on Netflix and there's this lady in India that like does matchmaking but I think she does it a lot in the U.S. and there's this American guy and he's like oh I'm Brahmin and I really want like my wife to be Brahmin too and, and he, but he was like, but I don't really practice, so I guess it doesn't really matter. And she's like, why do you want this? If you don't, like, she was so baffled by, like, she had found it, like, almost, she was kind of like the audacity of it. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Like, why, who are you to, like, think that just getting a woman of this faith will, like, account for your, <laughs> your lack of participation in a culture, you know? Um, so, just interesting. Um, even though, like, I get that if he has, like, grew up participating in similar, like, the routines, then you could feel tethered in that way, but to take, it, it would almost feel like stealing someone else's connection, you know what I mean? And I don't think that the connection is necessary through very strict rigid rules I think that any religion is like a means of interpretation and it's its own canon just as though any field is its own canon because I love Bucky Fuller I love the whole earth the whole earth problem and I believe that all systems are truly intertwined and connected I think everything is getting at the same thing um and we just like can only focus on so much or like take in so much and so we're like oh if we do this and that's why I love Galton because it's about like mixing those systems and seeing relationships between things that are seemingly unrelated and like understanding how they are like all interconnected and how the Bucky Fuller thing is like if you can't like find use one system to solve all the world's problems kind of thing and it's like you can't 
gotta do everything all the time. Everything everywhere all at once. So crazy. Such an apt name. Um, and even that like personal family generational trauma is related to this kind of thing. It's so cool. And it all goes back to the psychology. Wow. And the kind of grounding of those concepts in practice and DBT and all these kinds of therapy, psychotherapy, um, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think that's also probably partially because that was like, we, we could say that's my religion. Psychology is my religion. Running is my therapy. Shrimp is my haircut. Everything isn't what it is and yet at the same time. Um, <laughs> you know, words are violence. What can I say? It's all about the vibes, always. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what I'm getting at to some degree, but... Anyway, because um, I just, like, grew up in therapy, so uh, it was something that I could access very well. Um, so, yeah, but I just wanted more guiding for this intangible mimicry that I had always followed, and I wanted something that I felt was more attainable for myself, and that happened to be, like, therapy and those approaches. Um, but my notes kind of stray here a bit or I strayed from my notes and now they're not so linear but going back to the I'm so sorry for going back twice uh but believe this is much <laughs> more clean than what I was doing before but anyway going back to the Hyde Park thing is like all light or what light all energy is recycled and we're all made out of stardust, or like everything here came from stardust is more more apt. And there's kind of two points that came up, or come up in the, I keep thinking about the movie um, before sunset. But as much as I have a lot of gripes with that movie, like there's some, uh, I'm just like, and I understand that they in and of themselves like have a discourse between the two protagonists, but um, I still want to get in there and fight sometimes. <laughs> But there is, like, oh, like, on some level, a lot of people believe in reincarnation. I don't really, I don't know. I'm not going to touch too much on that just because I feel like it strays a bit. Like, because that, to me, attaches more to, like, concepts of, like, death and power. Um, as much as it is a spiritual thing and as much as that is connected, I just want to concentrate here first. Um, and maybe get to that. I don't know if I will. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, it was, like, the idea that, like, are we just, like, some percentage of a soul then? Like, if people keep splitting, if the population's grown so much? Um, but I was, like, I don't think so, because everything's still the same amount, and maybe it just takes time to kind of distill all the energy that it took to make the earth, you know? Just took time to get us to be where we are. And that goes into the synergy of things, and it's, you know, two people... They gotta make a new thing. And then you're the new thing. You're a culmination of the whatever. So that's kind of sick. So it's just different different little pieces. It doesn't make you any less. Especially if you think about the fact that within any second, everything is possible. Literally every little moment. Every smallest thing ever. Infinite possibilities. Infinity in any smallest amount of a thing it's crazy I'm not going to explain that better at all I'm not going to try do with that what you will if you know, you know um <laughs> and there was one time a few months ago maybe I was told about this uncle's like 
concept that we're all made out of light. And unfortunately, I did not follow up on that. I will. Um, <laughs> but I love, like, that's the kind of thing that I love and find so cool and endearing. Like, they did, like, everyone's made out of light. I'm like, I, like, I want to know more. That intrigues me. That fascinates me. Um, because I can, like, f- like, I get the gist of where that's going to leave lead but I just want to know what that means to a person especially as like a very religious individual how does that translate how do you have like a unique concept within a very devout participation if that makes sense um and like how can you keep everything in line with your beliefs that's especially interesting to me when people like and this is why like despite there not being like proof in religion I think that the feeling, as I've ascribed it to, of, like, the collective unconscious and that kind of, uh, which I do kind of want to talk more about how I can, how I envision that, um, but I think, like, I kind of validate it, uh, not that it needs my validation, but just, like, how I can understand it and how I can come into contact with things that I'm not a part of, maybe, or I don't quite, like, align with, for lack of a better word. Um, and like through the idea, through the feeling, through like the energetic spiritual subject, spiritual subject, energetic's a little bit of a loaded, almost like non word. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's always interesting to see how people who are very like STEM oriented can also maintain belief in religion when you're like well the universe didn't just come out of nowhere specifically how like christianity envisions it so how are you gonna believe in like science and this you know um and it can get it's just interesting how people can reconcile those differences uh for themselves and the ways in which they do that and i think that's not too far off of someone like the uncle who had um like this light concept within something that has its own canon and it's not as though he's like trying to make it like a part of the canon for everyone else it's just like oh this is what i believe and honestly at the end of the day whatever you believe is your reality have fun like if someone tells you you're wrong it's because you have different beliefs and then so you just have different realities cool like i i literally have like i've just never understood what the big deal is like I get, like, if you're someone who's, like, wrongfully prosecuted for a belief, I understand then why you get feisty and then why you get, like, defensive about things. But to the person who wrongfully persecuted you, like, why? Like, literally, what's it to you? And I get that. And that's the thing that's, like, crazy is at the end of the day, people need to reaffirm what they believe so much for themselves. Like, need to, like, (laughs) build up, like, the fact that everything that's happened in them life was for a reason. Like, they just need to believe it's for a reason so much that if someone has a conflicting like set of beliefs a separate reasoning system that they will like put them down that they will do the most egregious things to them just so they don't have to question themselves that is like appalling and then, like beyond appalling i literally cannot like fathom it like I, I it literally just does not compute how how someone could feel that way like it, it genuinely seems deranged to me um, and cause it's not even like proof of your own faith or like of your own beliefs. It's not like that much dedicated. It's not like, oh, I'm so dedicated to this thing that yours is wrong. 
because it's like if you're so dedicated then the rest of it shouldn't bother you like if you're so confident then it shouldn't bother you it's clear that this is an insecure thing and that's just (laughs) say say it again but I don't really want to make the sound um but anyway going back to the idea of like routine worship in a daily life or some kind of daily practice I once I got like past my anxiety a lot for the most part and like no longer feel like the thoughts that come along with depression I a lot of that was attained by kind of always like doing shadow work which is just like unpacking why you feel certain ways it's that process that I talked about that you could do in conversation with the person of understanding like oh this thing and like the shadow is the parts of yourself you've rejected and the example that I used to talk about is that for the longest time I thought I could only wear silver because I was told to once I think I touched on this at one point recently Um, and I was like oh like why would I think that and then the shadow work is unpacking this and like the effect and that came to light because I wore gold and I was like oh I feel I was like conflicted so I was like oh I think it looks good but I feel bad for some reason and so it's like unpacking like what that feel bad thing is and it was something just arbitrary of like one time I was told I should wear silver so just doing that shadow work every day about whatever came to mind and kind of understanding again like how arbitrary everything was how I like I had built a narrative how I had built a story and then by participating and only wearing silver that's how I it became true that I only look good in silver but only because I never wore gold you know I've been wearing my gold earrings again because now I just like wear whatever I want depending on how I'm feeling and everyone's like oh my god they look so good on you and I was like you know if I had never unpacked this we never would have known so you're welcome world I'm a little prettier for you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but especially once I worked through those things the kind of spiritual aspect of life came back to me in a lot of ways because part of what I did or is like I would kind of just think these things through with like the skills that I had learned in therapy or on my own in my own research with my deep dives into psychology um (laughs) and I'd think about it on walks and a lot of my walks would be through nature or whatever nature you can find in New York specifically because at this point that's when I finally felt like I was a bit more stable is when I got to New York for university a few years ago and then sometimes I realized that like I'd go on walks and all I did was like focus on my body focus on my breathing on my posture all I did was like listen to whatever sounds I could hear like I would not listen to music on most walks and recently I've started not to listen to music um again very much but that was more just because I was like it's kind of overwhelming like I just want to hear the wind blow (laughs) you know I just want to hear like leaves rustle even like cars go by I just want to hear whatever occurs and so that's when I found ways to like tether the my spiritual practices as much as I had tethered my mental ones and that kind of like overlap for me and part of it was just like going on walks and deciding to then to properly just focus on my body and like having a clear mind and just feeling the world around me and that's how I eventually came to the that day in Hyde Park I was having one of those walks and I was just like had that overwhelming feeling of the collective unconscious and I was like whoa I was like everything's so connected it's so beautiful in ways that are like completely mysterious but maybe if I'm just like observant enough I can seep that in and the book Siddhartha by Herman Hesse this caused some questionable things 
But the thing that I've always really loved about it is when he was talking about the fish, like the main character has like gone over the world, done as much as possible to try and figure out how everything is connected. And he comes in like his later years comes across this man who's just done one thing his whole life and understands as much as he does. And it's the idea that like, yeah, you can recognize as much as you want and everything else. But if you also just stare at one thing, if you pay, pay close enough attention to one thing for long enough, you'll see the whole universe in the same way that trying to see the whole universe, it'll lead you back to one thing. And I kind of, I think everyone's like that. I don't think there's a right or wrong approach. And maybe he saw this person. He's like, oh, I could have been so much easier if I just stayed in one place. And it was so foolish of me to look everywhere else except for what was in front of me. And this is where I think it even gets into like your interpersonal relationships. Because again, with Before Sunset, he was like, ah, you like, once you can anticipate someone's movements, once you like know every little thing, you're gonna get bored of them. And you're gonna wanna know what every person does. You're gonna wanna like, he doesn't say this, but this got kind of the implication of like, you'll never be, you'll never feel like settled with one person because you wanna know everyone's little habits. But I think alternatively, that's why some people find so much bliss just being with one person. And that's like kind of, that's who I am. Like I feel that I truly like understand someone once I know all their little uh, quirks and habits. And once, uh, and that's why I think, despite someone who's lived a lot of lives, being very young, like the other day I realized I was like, oh, like I, I just had a conversation in the past. I was like, oh yeah, like I used to be a cheerleader. And the person I was talking to was like, what? Like, how has this, like, never come up in the time that we've known each other? I was like, I don't know. Um, because there's just so many, like, there's just so many things where it's, it's just not something I think about a lot. Because I, I just kind of go where things lead me. I'm very governed by my relationships with people. And, I don't know. I think it's also, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to be you don't have to single have to have a single point mindset or a spectrum mindset holistically it can be in different parts so you can mix and match and I think that's even cooler to understanding everything because I think it's important to know all the layers to things and this is where it's hard and I and this is where I understand why people build entire religions to try and describe this feeling <laughs> because all they have is the sensation of like how connected everything is and that's why I'm so oriented towards like writing and for why for so long it was strictly academic writing because I wanted to like show tangible like the ways that like made the most sense to me in terms of demonstrating overlap was like supply chain it was fashion it was like histories of design and what does that like design for clothing but then design of systems and it's like but it's literally the same word but then people are like oh these are oh, like they're not related and then like and then also like studies of ecology and the environment and how much this has to do with like social sociology the whole time and how i like is just trying to combine all systems to like a single thing and you could be like oh but then how do i like innovate or like streamline this one part of um a system or creation especially under capital context capitalist context i was like capitalist context because <laughs> i'm i get feisty about that um but at the same time like uh, you have to kind of allow for those conversations that you don't even want to have about capitalist tendencies because it is a capitalist system and I, even though i'm like fuck the system let's make a new one 
you have to understand a system. You have to understand how to holistically implement something rather than branch everything off, pretend it's not connected, pretend they don't affect each other, because that's how you get cases of like, fast fashion contributing to such a major um, amount of waste in the world and or like leading create generator of waste you know um and that's how I can really justify my academic pursuits or how they kind of align with me and that's how in a weird way like everything about my life kind of leads back to my expression of my spirituality despite being a deeply like logical intellectually driven individual um it's all because I'm trying to like show I'm trying like this is my religion you know Uh, and this is my body of work where I'm trying to show that like what I'm doing with the fields that I can express myself in with the most ease you can do with everything you know (laughs) this is me like so desperately trying to show that everything's the same thing that everything's connected but more than that like everything like it's when you have like topics of intersectional identity where everyone the the topic of identity like the intersections get so minute and when you're studying like microeconomics how micro do you get how macro do you get who is like in any conversation where someone's like oh you know like they don't want us to win they don't want this who's the they and then that like that kind of like ominous other there's also such an interesting conversation but I know that that's also just a big thing in philosophy and I don't want to get into that because that feels it's very related, but it's just a, even more of a deep dive than I'm capable of doing. And if you know, you know, you can research it on your own. Um, but also, <laughs> there's a quote. There's another quote. I love quotes. I'm a quote bitch. No. <laughs> but this one's from, I'm sorry, I think I'm going to pronounce the, the last name wrong, but it's from Chuck Palahniuk? Palahniuk? Maybe? Oh, this is rough. This is something I don't... I, run into a lot as like a kid that was so enamored with literature and just reading anything I could get my hands on is that literally still in my adult life I run into words that I've only ever read and ever heard out loud and I'm like let's see if I pronounce this correct or not Um, but anyway Chuck's quote is um, your handwriting the way you walk what China pattern you choose it's all giving you away Everything you do shows your hand. Everything is a self-portrait. Everything is a diary. And that's where I also get into the ideas of self-image that I talked about a few episodes ago, where it's like every little object becomes a distillation of self. And that's why it's like, if you look, like every little thing gives you away when you're able to channel your whole self through singular objects. But so many people become split across them, especially if you're someone that is just literally only alive to participate in the zeitgeist, participate in, like, the other. Um, Because then it's just, you're so fragmented and you're trying so desperately to connect in any given fragment that you don't know how to channel yourself into one thing holistically. But at the same time, even that, even those fragments kind of are telling of who you are in a way. Um, And the who you are is a big question. Who am I? (laughs) <laughs> which we're also not going to talk about right now um, but maybe we, will, maybe we will talk about who am I um, maybe I don't want to talk about that okay let me live <laughs> but yeah so every day I like to like commune with nature because to me that's how I find 
my most spiritual self is on walks. Being in nature, touching trees, saying hello to little like creatures, little dogs, animals. And I think that's when like animals really love you. Like you know when people like dogs, cats, babies, if they just are naturally gravi if they naturally gravitate towards you, I think that's another sign of like the sunbeams and coming out of your face. Um Silverstein thing. But yeah, just kind of and that's whenever I talk about alignment, that's what I mean both with self and then I think once you're aligned with yourself, then you're aligned with the universe because I think as when people are trying to live by the things they've been told, which is other people's versions of alignment or misalignment, that you become completely out of sync with the collective unconscious. You become like completely at odds with like flows of time, even, I would say. Um, and you just like... Because you keep going with, like, the physics of things. You keep going. You keep moving. But you're resisting constantly when you're not, like, doing things the way that your mind is kind of telling you it wants to, you know? What I was saying where it's like, oh, like, your first thought is something negative And you're like, why did I think that? But if you keep moving with the negative thoughts and never unpack it, if you never take the time to, taking the time, kind of silly phrasing on my part. But if you never put in the effort to, like, understand that, because time, there's this thing, like, time's going to go in regardless. Time's going to move. Things are going to change. Why not put in the effort along the way? And that's, like, whenever people are like, oh, I want to learn this thing, but it'll take too much time. It's like the time's going to pass anyway. Why not do the thing? Um, and I think that's why when people, like, finally, then when they're like, oh, I'm in my, like, healing girl era or self-care era, whatever, it's literally just about, like, finding that ease with the universe and when I say the universe that's kind of my version of God that's my version of the collective unconscious that's just the phrasing I use um because like growing up like I said my mom like loves these objects so she gave me my first tarot deck as a kid and I would do like little tarot readings for her sometimes also quick note is that you're supposed to be gifted your first tarot deck um if you buy it for yourself you the ones afterwards would work for you um but the first one probably isn't the most accurate because the first one is like dictated by that vibe for some reason I don't know but I was gifted mine so luckily I've not had that problem just so you know someone should get it for you um otherwise it just kind of and like historically kind of goes wrong and this is something this is a good example of leading into my hot takes where it's like I think that all of these objects the things that I grew up with that are like kind of a part of the mystique if you will where it's like the crystals where it's astrology where it's tarot which all have their own like rich histories like magics of any kind in any culture all have rich histories which are should to me be just as valid as any like religion because it is based in culture it is based on this intangible thing but they just aren't they're getting at different things so I understand them not calling it religion because with magic it's seldom about the collective unconscious and it's more about like tools of alignment from what I've noticed in like my own researches which I try to be very like all-encompassing but obviously I'm not going to get to like every culture's thing and I'm not a part of every culture or many cultures so I probably misunderstand things and that's why I won't like tout knowledge that I don't understand or haven't lived through um but I just want to do things to understand as much as I can and to be able to like accommodate as many people as humanly possible because like I book connection and it's fun and it's so cool to know these things and understand how people apply the same systems like come up with the different things that's so sick 
Um, but anyway, um, people could be like, oh, that's a bunch of fooey. Like, that's bullshit kind of thing. Um, because they don't have this, like, quote-unquote logical backing. But at the same time, like, if you're witnessing a phenomenon, like, if it, it, like, you could say it's placebo to, like, like, if someone didn't know about the buying the tarot deck rule, and they're just like, but this is what just, like, kept happening, and that's why it's a rule now? Because people just kept realizing, like, if you got yourself your first tarot deck, it wouldn't work. Um... So it's still just, like, noticing a phenomenon. It's still, like, a scientific method applied to a function, which is basically what sociology is to some level. And that doesn't mean that, like, tarot is quote-unquote real or whatever, but it's real to the people that believe in it because that defines your reality, so why not? And similar, I've always treated tarot very similarly to astrology, where rather than, like, to me, like, it literally doesn't matter if I believe in it or not. I like to use it as a tool of analysis because specifically with astrology and like looking at a natal chart and transits, if there is something there where it's like, oh, like I've just never thought to like wonder this thing about myself. Like I've never thought about the relationship between like, I don't know, (laughs) childhood and taxes. If you have like Scorpio in the fifth house or something, Um, then you can just like kind of there's just a lot of intersections which you probably wouldn't have considered before and you could use it and what I always had people do was like use that to understand what different things meant to them in their life that they maybe wouldn't have organically come across and maybe it's like oh if I didn't organically come across it does it matter it's like maybe not but if you're just interested in knowing yourself better then what's like I, I just really failed to see the harm in exploring things in that way and understanding more than you maybe could have in other worlds And with tarot in particular, it's meant to help with particular instances or problems you're going through or questions you have. And if a card comes up and like these cards cover a wide range of meanings and any combination of things could come up and each like position, depending on how you read tarot, means something different. And similar to astrology, it just means like, oh, it it could just help you to understand a situation that you're going through differently because you're probably like latched into your own mindset but if you're trying to understand another perspective the perspective literally like being cards then if that helps you then like what's the problem you know um and so this is just officially the hot takes because now i'm going to talk about crystals because crystals are one thing where i'm like i don't know i don't know about that (laughs) but it's kind of funny because um, like people talk about like the energy in crystals and that's how it's supposed to work is it's supposed to bring this energy and attract these vibes into your life I'm like I don't know about all that because they are so distinct in like shape color whatever which is cool if you're a little geology nerd because I was as a kid and that's why like I loved crystals as a child too because I was like these are pretty rocks I loved collecting rocks um, my mom kept a lot of the rocks they like would find as a baby because she was like I don't I kept them because you thought they were special I like that's so sweet um, but what was I going to say? I think that the thing, like, that's probably the most placebo or, like, the most clear placebo thing to me is that it's, like, but again, I don't necessarily see something wrong with that because it could be a manifestation tool, and I'll get into manifestation too a little bit, is if it's, like, if this rock we've decided has this meaning and you just want a reminder every day to like work on that element, then I don't see something wrong with that. Like that could just be like a visual cue to be like, 
oh, I should speak up more if it's like blue kyanite or something. Because I think that's throat chakra. So if you like see your kyanite every day and you're like, okay, I need to remember to like speak up today. Maybe it's not because of, uh, like ultimately it is because of the rock that you spoke up, even if it's you actively doing it, or maybe it is the energy, like who cares if it's doing what you want it to. Um, even if then that just becomes, but that to me again goes back to how important like routine and ritual is and how a little bit of energy in any given direction or very much heavily curating your day-to-day um, can change your life. And then that goes into manifestation. Because to me, manifestation, it's okay to be a little delusional. <laughs> it's okay to be like, I want this really thing, this thing that's so different from my own reality. But that's how anyone gets there. You know, if anyone wants to change their life, they just find a way to do it differently. You know? And so if you're like using these tools to manifest something, it's essentially just like everything I've talked about before or things that like talk about in psychology or anything like that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you tell yourself you're a certain way, like the whole thing that I said with smokers um, or like non-smokers, if you tell yourself you're not a smoker, then you won't be anymore. If you tell yourself, if you manifest things, if then <laughs> like it's the whole self-fulfilling prophecy just in a positive light and on a much grander scale. But if you only allow yourself to think in the terms of which you've understood life so far, then that's a, you're going to limit yourself very innately by only thinking in that way and only allowing that into your life and only like pursuing that. But if you allow yourself to think very differently, then you'll suddenly have a new goal of things or a new group of goals to pursue and you'll take different steps. And if you call that whatever you want, who cares? <laughs> and because a lot of these things can become like can be seen as like somewhat traditionally feminine they get very put down but then they can also like astrology in particular can become a safe space for like women or queer people or just anyone who feels like they don't belong in the typical patriarchy you know and that's why like so there's that whole trope of like it's literally just a red flag and like I think it like is a valid red flag to be like, oh, like I'm this, like if you bring up I'm the sign on date and someone just like shuts it down, that's probably not because they don't care. Because what has astrology ever done to harm them? This goes back to like why people put down religion with such severity. This is about, this is a basis, like on the basis of gender, on the basis of perception. If someone is putting down something like that, it's not because they like, astrology is fun. Like you literally, I know people that will use that as like a deal breaker on dates and they don't care about astrology. It's literally just to see how someone will react. Um, and I think that's valid because of like all the sociological implications that come with these kinds of practices. Um, so I'm a gunner. I'm a gunner for do what you want. Have fun. If you're not hurting anybody, who cares? You know, live your life. Hope this helps. <laughs> um, I'm going to flick over my notes, see if there's anything else. Yeah. Let's see if I texted myself any other notes. Um, oh, um, there is. There's this book um, called Blink. I'm pretty sure it's Blink. It's Malcolm Gladwell. But he talks about, like, in literally the first chapter, I want to say, like, the intuition. But I've talked about intuition and how I tuned intuition before. But um, he talks about how, like, 
a basketball coach, I think it was, would like will just know if their player is going to make the shot like as soon as the, like right before as soon as the ball leaves their hands and they like know with a deep accuracy um not even because of, of something they can like call for but because of how we like compress information in our heads uh, just so that we don't have to actively think about things every time this goes back to why i feel like i walk around blind sometimes um just because my brain like does it very readily and so you can kind of use that to tune into information. And as a coach, that can be hard because then maybe you don't know as well. I don't know if you can hear the helicopter, but the North Carolina is a big military state. And I saw a lot of military helicopters today. I think that's what's happening, but I'm under trees, so I can't really see anything. Uh, sorry if I'm loud for no reason and you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, no, so it's just more of that. <laughs> Intuition, uh, kind of how the whole collective unconscious keeps things going, how sometimes I do think that maybe things are meant for you, how synchronicity could have validity because it's just like a subconscious attraction to things or you're picking up on certain words that your mind is like, come on, remember this thing the subconscious is like more powerful than we know and then subconscious how it feeds into collective unconscious so on and so forth could literally be explained with like just kind of ba not basic well kind of basic psychology of just how we compile information and then recognize it without having to call it forward all the time without having to actively think about it it's also part of like just react being like having good reactions tying survival instinct training type things to different important parts of your life you know the classics <laughs> so yeah that's what i got love beams <laughs>